21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik. Maybe the best way to start is, can you introduce yourself and are you an entrepreneur? Who are you? Who is Jan? <laughs> so my name is Jan Vermeijen. I'm the founder of uh, The Compassionate Leader. Um, and I'm a, yeah, since I'm the founder, I'm an entrepreneur, um, like many of the, the listeners of the podcast. Are you a full-time entrepreneur or you are still having full-time job and being an no, entrepreneur? No, 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 this is a full-time entrepreneur. This is my... So you are for real? Yes, <laughs> for real. This is my second company. I sold my, my previous company. Uh, was called Networking Coach uh, a okay. few years ago. And then I started this one. Was that a successful story? Oh, um, do we have three hours with, for all the successes and all the yes, failures? Yes, we have. Let's copycat <laughs> Joe with his podcast, <laughs> Four Plus Hours with Elon Musk and other <laughs> guests. So it's, yeah. No, I mean, I mean uh, are, are you satisfied with, uh, with uh, the sales process? Did you, did you solve it well? Uh, it was, um, yeah, you, you hear me hesitating because it was a very interesting process. It was also a, a personal process. Uh-huh, okay. And, 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 a, and a business process. And because I was... Do you want to talk about it or do uh, you want to skip the topic? You are okay no, with the topic? Yeah, just briefly, I, uh, it's, it's okay. Um, for me, it was... Um, 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 harder time in my personal life and I know because of that um, piece um, I didn't sell the company for let's say the best value I could get but in, at that moment in my life it was okay how it went I understand yeah. I mean you have so much guidelines and websites uh, uh, for buying and selling US-based companies. And one of the first rule is find somebody with problems, <laughs> with personal problems. It's, it's a hardcore topic, but uh, it seems that's the way uh, the market usually works. Yeah, yeah, it depends a little bit, but in my case, it was, was different because I sold it to um, someone from my team. Um, and, and that's also one of the reasons I didn't, I didn't go out looking for buyers and nobody was, let's say, contacting uh -huh. me. Okay. But for me, it was, yeah. Um, was it a lesson learned? Oh, it was a very, for me, becoming an entrepreneur has become, was for me, one of the major things was, um, it was a catalyst for my personal development, for my, my, my development as a human that's being. That's what I thought. That's why I'm asking you, yes. Yeah. And that's, that's for me, let's say, <laughs> um, for me, the money, that's also part of doing business and, and, and life. But it's, for me, it's of much course. more interesting um, how, I, how I can develop as a, as a human being. Absolutely. So basically, you are developing yourself, not only your business, if I understand you well. Yeah, and for me, it is, and it's maybe more a spiritual point of view. Um, it, it, it's also the what happens in the business is it's, it's showing what is going on in my personal life. It, 
as long as I'm the founder or the owner of the company, um, let's say if you look at, 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 at big multinationals, they, the founder is probably already dead for a while. So, and then other people are there and they're just hired to do something. It's a different, very different story. Can you, can you please explain a little bit what the mirroring effect is? And I mean, um, we are basically speaking about mirroring. So your vibe, your energy is manifested through your business as well. So what's yes. your experience? How, how could you help our audience to, to, to understand that? Because yeah, usually, me. let me try to do it this way. Usually people think uh, they are one person when they have a mask of entrepreneur and they are a completely different person when they have mask of being father or being, you know, whatever. But the truth is a little bit different, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they are only masks, but you are... Yes. Yeah. They're you think yourself, no matter... Which role do you play at the moment? Yeah, and it's for me, and, and then maybe I refer to what I do now with the Compassionate Leader, is um, one of the things that, that's talked uh, about a lot is the ego, right? the ego of people, and especially when you're an entrepreneur and, and, and you want to manifest yourself in the outside world, sometimes people say, oh, he or she has a big ego. And most of the time, it's not a, <laughs> not a positive thing. Um, but for me, it's um, but you can manif manifest soul as well, and you're yeah, probably me, more think, manifesting soul than ego in your business. Yeah, and, and then it depends on what you call ego. But that's why I, 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 re I use it in the book because many people talk about it. But yeah, many times you get into discussions about words. But what I wanted to say, and, and to refer back to what you were, were saying before, is that um, about the masks. Um, for me, it's about my inner parts that come out more. For example, when I need to protect myself and I feel to protect myself, then a more dominant part comes out. Um, that it's, uh, let's say, in its positive quality, <laughs> um, it's, for example, bringing structure. For example, yeah, structure the sales process. Um, that's kind of a structure, but when um, um, that part in me goes too hard or too fast, um, it becomes negative behavior and it becomes rigid. It becomes um, not open anymore to other ideas from other people or, or from myself. Um, and that's what, what for me is, um, that happens in everybody's personal life. But for me, it, it, it's, it's even more uh, magnified when you have a business. Um, then more things come on your way. Eh? You, you need to work with, with maybe a team, but also with suppliers, with, with customers, maybe business partners, uh, with the government, <laughs> um, with the delivery guy for the, for the mail or, or, or a package or whatever. And, and, and yeah, many more... Um, um, opportunities for self-development and to discover which of the parts are, let's say, uh, are balanced and which of the parts myself are not balanced yet um, um, can be seen. And, and that's one of the things I learned in my personal life is, is yeah, um, that's, um, that it's about, there are many points of view 
of life and, and, and how to evolve and, and, and so but for me it's really about the balancing of you know parts um and and that for me was a real breakthrough in my own life and it helped me to become more compassionate um and becoming more compassionate helps me also to become more successful <laughs> so and that's also a message i'm sharing in the, in the book Yeah, actually flexibility is stability and in life there is no, very often there is no A or B, but it's A and B and mm -hmm. a lot of people do not understand that and I like the way you express that topic. You are based in Belgium or where yes. are you based? Yeah, You're based Belgium. in Belgium. I have a friend from Belgium and um, there is a difference between expressing yourself in Belgium and, for example, in the U.S., isn't it? Yeah, if you generalize it, yes. <laughs> I mean, I am, I am. We will yeah. not go too deep into the neuro-linguistic programming topic, but let's, let's stay on generalizations and, and say there are some cultural differences. So, for example, when, or maybe not, I don't know if you can help me. So when, when you sit with a friends in, um, and, and drink uh, cafe or beer or whatever, do you think, okay, maybe you per se is not uh, the, 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 the great example because you are in personal development business mm -hmm. in some way. But for um, any other person um, in Belgium, are they communicate each other on the same way as in the US regarding their personal issues, uh, problems, uh, personal development, or, or are you culturally speaking more closed in, in that field of communication? Or is it the same as in the US? Um, so not so easy to, to, to answer that question because when I just look at I Belgium, know, I know, I like to, to do countries. complex questions. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no it's a, Belgium is a complex country as well. It, it, uh -huh, uh -huh. We, have a, we have a Dutch speaking part in the north okay. and we have a French speaking part in the south. And that's already different culture. That's already, um, yeah, people already behave differently. And then we have the capital that's Brussels, and Brussels is kind of. Um, and, and it's the capital of Europe, which has also another kind of energy. So it is a very complex here. topic. <laughs> yeah, it's very com it's a very small country, but a very complex one. But let's say, but let's let me answer differently to your question. Is um, when I see in, um, uh, the difference between, if you say the the the, the, the states. And, and let's say the Eastern way is a state is okay, let's do business, eh? let's do business with each other and let's get to know each other along the way. While in the East, it's like, okay, let's first get to know each other and then do business. And then let's say, I think Europe is, is it's in, in between. Um, and if you look at, uh, for example, the Netherlands, which is north of Belgium, um, they're more like the, the Americans. <laughs> And the more you go south in Europe, the more you're already going more to the eastern uh, way. But again, it's, 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 it's hard to generalize uh, in that it way. It is hard. It is hard. And one of the reasons why I'm asking you that is, what is your target market? So it's a very complex 
environment if we are talking about European Union, but we are living in in a age of internet and online mm-hmm. business. So do you have a specific market? Do you target the US as a market or, or a specific type of uh, people, of, of readers? Yeah, for me, the, let's say, the, the, let's say if, if you talk about target markets, for me, it's a very, let's say, very um, non-human way to describe things. But okay, let's go with the term. Um, when, okay, me, let me rephrase the question. When you wrote the book, who was... Uh, in your mind, to what kind of person did you wrote that book? Yeah, it's for me. It's, it's, um, it's the on the one hand is the, the the business owner or leader. Uh, on the other hand, are the coaches um, and people who are um, interested, or maybe even more interested, or eager um, to go from what I call the positive vibe to the inspiring vibe. So in the book, I. I, I I'll make a distinction between four vibes, negative vibe, neutral vibe, positive vibe, and inspiring vibe. And, okay. Can you, can, and, you, can and, you explain a little bit, please? Yeah. So uh, what you see um, in the negative vibe, people, the behavior of people is, is that they complain, that they blame others, um, that they um, um, also, let's say, hang around water coolers a lot. Um, and yeah, okay, let's, let's start with just small behavior. In the positive five, people are doing their job, but nothing more. They, they have a task to do uh, and, it's, and it's done. Then they just wait till their boss or someone else give them the next thing. They're not going to proactively see if there is more work or help their colleagues. Um, then the, the positive five, then people start working together as a team. They're like, oh, uh, how can we do this together? They're more future oriented. And the inspiring vibe is the hardest to describe, but it's like when you enter a room and you, f- you feel an energy there that you, that you immediately start having ideas and want to start creating um, and, and, and get or inspired to, to do things. Yeah. So that are the four vibes. And what are the, I have a model with two axes. And the, the one axis is uh, how safe people feel, feel. And the other axis is how uh, supported people feel. So in the negative vibe, people don't feel safe, psychologically safe, mm-hmm. and they don't feel supported. So that's why they're, let's say, acting out, not because they don't want to work or they are negative people at the core. But, but this kind of self-protection mechanism that are in play. Um, the neutral vibe, they already feel a little bit more uh, safe and a little bit more uh, supported, but not, uh, not enough yet. So they, uh, uh, they're still in, in a little bit of a protection mode. People in the positive vibe, they feel safe enough and they feel supported enough to say, okay, I don't have to protect myself. Um, let's go for it. Um, and the people in the inspiring vibe, they feel very safe and very supported, and they are uh, they are willing to to share their uh, shadow side, their blind spots, the things that they did wrong, and they say, and then they're very open about that because they know if I can share this, and I, I feel safe enough, it helps me to grow as a, as a human being. So um, that are the, the the four vibes, and. Um, um, the people, the main target group, because of course everybody has a, um, 
can, can learn something in the, in the book. Um, but the main um, audience I wrote the book for was for people say, okay, I really want to make that step from the positive vibe to the inspiring vibe, but I don't know mm -hmm. how to do that. I don't, uh -huh. have the, I don't have the tools or, 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 or a pathway to get there. I'm just looking at our correspondence before the podcast and one of the things you wrote me is how important the focus is on what leaders can do themselves and how they can support their teams. So if you can, Jan, please share a little bit more about that topic with us. Yeah, yeah. the main thing uh, for me is that, uh, um, that we... Uh, need to face uh, tensions. Um, when we feel tension in life, most of the times we we we, are, we don't want it, we are not comfortable with it, or we and then we ignore it or we push it away. Um, what happens then? And uh, if it starts, many times it starts to build up and it becomes bigger, and then it's very much harder to do anything with it. And most of the time, it's also a mix of several kinds of tension. So. Um, I, um, in the book, I, I make a distinction between three categories. The first one is uh, practical or process tension. The second is personal tension. And the third one is interpersonal tension. So practical tension can be like you want to send out an email, but you don't have internet connection. Uh, a process tension could be that you ordered something in the web shop and it's a one day delivery on the site. And after five days, you still haven't received your package then something in the process went wrong. So that's a process tension. Then uh, per personal tension could be um, many people have a, have a fear of speaking in public. Yeah? That can, gives them a personal tension. Already also see many entrepreneurs that they uh, uh, set out goals. They say, oh, I really want to reach this goal. I really want to accomplish this. But most people, most entrepreneurs that you ask that question again uh, six months later, like, hey, how, how did it go? Did you reach your goal? Most of them haven't reached that goal. Um, and what happens then also that they feel kind of ashamed or they and, and, and they, they start blaming themselves and they just pull themselves um, um, down um, and, and um, decrease their vibe uh, at the same time. So that's kind of a personal tension. And then interpersonal tension is between people, right? that you uh, don't feel comfortable in someone's uh, uh, company or you have a fight with them or a conflict. And it could be someone from the team, could be a supplier, could be a customer, could be anyone. And what happens most of the time, because we are not really, most of us don't really know how to deal with those tensions, is that they start to mix. So for example, what happens in many uh, entrepreneurs' lives is, um, they, um, um, yeah, they, they don't have internet connection, 
and they just want to uh, send out an email to a, to a, to a customer. Um, and it's very important customer for them. So it's something practical. Eh? The email can get out. But then they say, oh, no, the customer won't receive my email. And it's very important what they're going to say. Are they going to yell at me? Are they not going to do business with me? And it gives them a personal tension. And then they say, okay, I need to have a solution for this. So they call their, their provider. But since they then are not, um, since they didn't uh, do anything with that uh, personal tension, most of the times it comes out in the interpersonal contact. So they start yelling or blaming the, the company when they have the help desk um, uh, agent on the line. And yeah, of course, that help desk agent like, oh, what's going on here? <laughs> that, negative, that energy comes to me. So I'm going to go in a defensive position. And then you get an interpersonal conflict while it's in, at the core, it's just a practical thing. And maybe when you're fighting on the phone with the, the customer service agent, maybe the internet is already running again. Um, and, and that's what, what happens a lot. It becomes a mix. And when we have that, those mixes, um, it becomes harder to see what's really about. And we, we have the practical tension and then we have a layer of personal tension above. That, and then we have on top of that the interpersonal tension and we have to kind of drill down <laughs> through those two layers of tension to really solve uh, what, what's really about. Um, so one of the most, to, to answer <laughs> your, your question, so one of the most important things for me in, in life as a, both as a, as, as a human being and as an entrepreneur is to, to um, to really see what is the tension about, what kind of tension is it, what does it do to me, and and, and what I'm going to do it when, when I'm in, in contact with other people. So, I like the structure and, and layers you, you talked about. Can we find specific steps or a, or a model how to approach to pretty complex structure in your book so are there any guidance so yes are you so helping I've, us on some way how to you know yeah. navigate through through all that yeah so i've i've created what i call the do it process and so do it is an acronym it's four steps so the d stands for detect and face the tension so instead of ignoring it i'm gonna face it so it's a it's take, it takes one second, <laughs> this step, but you need to take it. You need to say, okay, I, I see the tension or I feel the tension. Okay, now I'm going to look at it and not ignore it. So that's step one. Step two is uh, U. U stands for understand and solve the tension. Aha, uh -huh, okay. Yeah, and understand means what kind of tension is it? Is it a practical tension? Is it a personal tension or an interpersonal tension? So we, and sometimes it's a mix, eh? so then we have to, we have to. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's very, very interesting approach. It's like, like I'm reprog reprogramming myself on some way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That one Maybe. Of the <laughs> one of the techniques actually does that. And so what, oh, really? What, the next step is, is so, um, so the U stands for understand and solve tension. So the U is, is the three different categories. And solve the tension, um, I have, um, in each category, I have a technique to do that. So for the uh, interpersonal tension, it's called a compassion technique. It's the, when you feel disadvantaged by someone else, when you feel limited by someone else, 
you can do the technique and you will feel a lot more free and see more options again. For the practical tension, I have a compassionate problem solving. Um, it's uh, especially when you, you can do it for yourself, but all, especially with others and with the team, it's very, very powerful. Um, because many times what happens when you have a practical tension, um, people start blaming someone uh-huh. and finding a scapegoat. But the, the problem then is that most of the time the, the person that is blamed is also the one who needs to solve the, the problem or, or needs to help in solving it. But it, it's very human, um, let's say, common human behavior. When, 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 when I'm blamed, I'm going to, into defensive uh, modes. So, yeah, that's not a good way to do this. Um, so in, in the compassionate problem solving, we uh, get rid of the blaming part and we uh, define the, the problem, you know, the practical tension, in an objective way, but also not only objective way without blaming someone, but also what the impact on the organization or the team or the individual is. And that's just putting it in, 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 in objective words and adding the impact uh, does something. It's something we don't normally do. <laughs> uh, many times it's just like, oh, uh, the internet doesn't work, uh, uh, that provider sucks. It's just venting, it's complaining, it's getting rid of, of the tension. But many times we don't voice it, we don't put the words in it, that helps to find a solution. So that's, that's the second technique. And then the third technique in this, uh, um, for, for solving the personal tension is uh, it's called the ABCs of distressing. Uh, I learned that f- uh, from another uh, lady in Belgium. Marina Rindlach, and she, um, uh, she invented this technique um, um, to, yeah, I have to <laughs> tell something about it first, is many times when we have, uh, when we feel uh, stress, it's most of the times when we feel stress, it is because um, we um, experienced a lack of control in the past. For example, when, when, when you learned to ride a bike as a kid and you fell, you, maybe you got a mini blackout there. So you got a loss of control. Um, and that's it. That's one of the many situations we experience in our life. And it's not the big traumas, uh, let's say, not only the big traumas, but the very small things that, 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 uh, that uh, are, let's say, registered in our body. Yes, um, yeah, of course. And... And that is when we have, well, what normally, <coughs> excuse me, what normally happens when we uh, have an experience, all the uh, sensory signals, what we see, what we smell, what we hear, are clustered as a memory, uh, as a memory and, and stored in our brain. Now, when we uh, experience a, a loss of control, um, those sensory signals are not clustered as a memory, but they, they are stored separately. Uh, and attached to our, our amygdala. And what happens then when three or more of those signals... Justian, pl- Justian please, uh, if, if you can explain. So amygdala is a part of ancient brain and if, if you can say of uh, three basic functions of... You know, yeah, just so the amygdala, what it, what it kind of yeah, does yeah. is... One of the things it does is um, it, it helps you to... Pro- uh, to, to um, uh, perceive danger yes so you can protect yourself 
So then that's what happens when three or more of those sensory signals are picked up, then the alarm signals in our brain goes off. Uh, and then we experience stress. And, and actually it's good, it's a good thing. <laughs> um, and, and then we get the, the, the fight, flight or freeze reaction. Um, so let's say um, it, it's a good mechanism to have as a human being. <laughs> Uh, especially uh, many, eight, many years ago or hundreds of years ago when we had to uh, struggle for, for our survival. But um, at this moment in time, um, it, it's not necessary anymore for most of the stress. Uh, Too much of red light, red light, red light, red light. Yeah. And it's... Mm. Yeah, it, and, and so that, that's it's a very interesting technique that she uh, invented, the ABCs of distressing to uh, also physically... Uh, detach those sensory signals from the amygdala so you, you're not experiencing experience that stress anymore. So your, so. your book is uh, very practical. Yeah, it gives, on the one hand, in the four first chapters, it's more about insights, about vibes, about tension, about bonding cycle. Um, and then uh, the duet process is uh, explained with all the different techniques, and also um, most of them are. Are worked out in the book uh, into detail so you can really apply it and then also for um, uh, entrepreneurs who have teams there are also two chapters um, how they can uh, help their team I suppose it's not only about the book. Uh, are you giving additional support? Do you have a coaching sessions or consulting or? Yeah. So, so, so the, the the book is the idea was that that um, for for many um, most cases people can already use the the techniques from the book. But sometimes uh, when it's about blind spots, um, it, it's 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 harder to do that on your own. There are techniques in the book to help you with that, but sometimes it's still hard to do that. Um, and then it's always uh, easier um, to work with, with, with a coach. So that's something I do. And uh, um, also now training um, more coaches. Um, so they're more people. They're capable of, of yeah, sharing, yeah. sharing your yeah. knowledge. Like yeah, a TKT, so train the training actually yes. program. Something yeah. like that. So they, they then know about all the, the techniques and they can apply it with, uh, with, with their own clients or with uh, people who contact us. Um, but also, yeah, I give a lot of presentations um, and, and, and uh, in the training courses and also in companies. Um, sometimes we also um, um, facilitate teams. So we would not only the entrepreneur when it's when, when people are solo entrepreneurs so business owners and it's kind of a, a coaching session but I, I for, for me I, I, I like to call it more a sparring partner session um, it's more an equal feel those words for me are more equal sparring partner and coach sometimes there is an uh, association with that word that the coach is, is, is higher or whatever but it's it's not equal <laughs> so that's why i don't use the word coach yeah sure yeah i understand i understand what is your business model 
do you have any i i would not say tips or and tricks but it's did you find something specifically good for your business that you are practicing on a daily basis or um well, uh, another seven hour podcast <laughs> <laughs> of course <laughs> okay so okay my my top things um um, because you asked many questions. Eh? Um, so my previous company is called Networking Coach. And, and if people know me, it's, uh, uh, my second book was called How to Really Use LinkedIn. Um, so that's uh, my main medium still. Um, very proud that we were the first LinkedIn training uh, partner in the world. So uh, as a small Belgian company. We wow, that's to... amazing. So yeah. you're a LinkedIn expert and you're using uh, LinkedIn. Yeah, so, so I, I sold that company. Uh, so I'm, I'm not doing anything with that anymore. Um, but I'm using it myself. All, all the tips I shared, all those um, for more than 10 years well, with, with lots Leanne, of people. You are very humble and that's, that's beautiful. But, <laughs> but believe me, you are a LinkedIn expert. I mean, considering other people. Let me share one big thing that most people don't get or don't not know. The real, the real power of a network is in the second degree. So it's not who you know, but who they know. I mean, when you want, as, as, as an entrepreneur, you want to have more customers. This is a principle that applies. So it means that um, if also many referral clubs like BNI, it's worldwide, one of those, many people also, they're focused like, oh, I want to get more business out of that group that's, on, that's here. Let's say 20 people, how can I do business with them? But they forget that if you just look at their networks, yeah, let's say if each of them has 300 people in their LinkedIn network, um, that's that's six thousand people. Yeah. So it's it's much more just from quantity. <laughs> it, many many more opportunities are there than in that first degree network. Now the clue is you have to have a good relationship with your first degree network, otherwise they cannot help you. So that's also what I, why I um, uh, why I tell people not to just randomly connect with others because they don't know you, you don't know them, so you cannot really help each other. So build your, build your um, relationship with your first degree network and then use LinkedIn to see who is in their network and ask them to be introduced. This is <laughs> so simple, but it's so powerful. Beautiful. And this is my <laughs> major tip. I shared it with beautiful. I don't know. I don't know many people. Uh, Hundred thousand, millions. I don't know how many people. <laughs> that book. Can you can you share that with my partner Daria as well, please? Because sometimes she's telling me, "Ah, oh, that LinkedIn, that's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's not for oh, making okay. business." What 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 would you say to to Daria? Um, Is it a bullshit story, or you can make oh, a business via LinkedIn? Oh, it, it's it's amazing business tool if you if you use it the right way because what I'm saying is is use LinkedIn um, to to uh, see who is in the network of your first degree connections and then stop using LinkedIn 
then pick up the phone. So for example, us, eh? you call me, you say, okay, I saw that that guy is in your network and you introduce me to him. And then um, we just talk a little bit about the connections uh, and, and, and because maybe I don't have, I'm connected with the other guy on LinkedIn, but the, the relationship is, is not that good. Uh, maybe I also connected in the early days of LinkedIn. I also connected randomly. So there are still some of those fossils <laughs> left. <laughs> yes. but, uh, but that could be the case. So that's one of the things that you need to check in a, in a phone call. And then what I call in, my, in, in that book, in how to release LinkedIn, the magic mail. Um, what, what does it mean is that uh, I introduce you to the other guy in one email. Yeah? So you can see that I did that and you can follow up. So I don't have to be in the middle anymore. And this is a very powerful approach. Um, so what many people don't get about LinkedIn, they say, oh, I need to have a good profile. Um, yes, you need that, but not for the reason that many people think. Many people think, I need to have a good profile, and then people will find me and, and call me or contact me and do business with me. No. And they that's are not engaged, and yeah, they, that, their engagement not, level is zero, probably. Yeah, yeah and, and, and that's not, yeah, and they're just like waiting for something to yeah, happen. Yeah, just waiting, yeah. Now, why do you need a good profile? Is because if I will introduce you to, that's called the other guy, Jack. Jack says, oh, I, I don't know this Martin guy. <laughs> Who is he? And then he looks at your LinkedIn profile. And then he says, oh, okay, I see what he is doing. Okay, this might be interesting. So you need to have a good profile when you're introduced by someone else that, um, yeah, that you are, uh, that you are the, 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 the expert you claim to be. That's why you need to have a good profile. For me also, when people say, oh, I don't have time to post a lot on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, that it's, for me, it's absolutely not the first thing to do. That's what I told all companies. We worked from over 500 companies in the world and, in, and, and many major ones like um, uh, Nike, Siemens, IBM, a uh, lot of banks, um, all, all told them the same, the same thing. Um, if you have time left, okay, then you are very active on LinkedIn posting things, but it's not the first thing to do. First, make sure that your profile is good and, and you build your network, but then start reaching, then start looking in the second degree network and ask for those introductions. I was feeling cute, unexpectedly. Kind of the main thing to do about LinkedIn. There's lots and lots of details. Which you yeah, sure, know. of course. But people That's can LinkedIn. buy your first book uh, and and learn more about LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah, it's still available, I think, but it's mm, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, how to really use LinkedIn? That's the third edition. <laughs> That's updated again, but it's not my name on it anymore. But. Um, the, the guys who took over my company. Then, guys, you will need to call Jan and he will give you a special price and he will coach you how to use LinkedIn. By the way, now I understand why you have such a good structure in your second book because 
on most cases, my background is IT. So I was uh, one of top pro programmers uh, during uh, high school on the state level. And um, I was involved in tech companies, etc. So that uh, gave me a good um, structure of thinking. And when I started with personal development, I I still had my structure of thinking. And there are a lot of personal development experts, even gurus, without a good structure. Mm -hmm. And very often, you need to have a good structure because people are not aware of their wholeness, they are not aware of their body, they are not aware of their... Uh, they are aware of their thoughts. And it's very good that you uh, wrote about vibe and tension and all those things, but you wrote it on a and, and presented and showcased on a structured way. So when I buy your book, I can go through a specific structure and I can follow some specific steps. That's the case. Yes. Yeah. yes. And I think that we can actually make a connection between your LinkedIn expertise and your new, new your new expertise. So now you how how would you define yourself? I mean so you were LinkedIn expert and then some uh, so, some shit happened in your life and you, 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 you were at the beginning of a personal development path or, or something like that? Or no. Was it a shift <laughs> or was it uh, organic growth? You just started oh. thinking about personal development, about soft topics or how, that, how well, did it happen? No, and let's say my personal development path started many years ago with, with my first company. Um, let's say the first... Why? I mean, why, why you started with personal development? Were you frustrated or you, you, you wanted to, to, to learn how to communicate with, better with people or you, you um, felt... Or because... The, in most cases, people are feeling bad and that, that's the reason why they started yeah. developing the, themselves to feeling better. No, for me... Maybe that's not your case. No, um, that was not... No, that was not the start. It was more like people I met in my life and, and I talked about different uh -huh. things than I experienced and I was open-minded and curious. And, and, and I said, okay, good. I did, I, there's much more in life than, than I can... Well, that's a nice story. So actually, you, you did not have a big catastrophes and that was a trigger for your personal development, but you actually spoke with some personal development experts and they told no, no, you, not, well... It's... No, 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 I uh, didn't speak to a personal development expert, just people I met in my life, just on a personal... Just... just People who share their, their experiences. Uh, so and, you're and, a pretty open person then. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're lucky. But but then <laughs> you're lucky. Then, no, really. Yeah. You are. <laughs> um, 
but but I don't want to say that didn't didn't have um, let's say the, the midlife crisis and, and everything that that's that's involved with that and and um, because even when I was on the personal development part and in the spiritual development part, I I I also encountered um, the let's say the the dark night of the soul and 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 let's say um, yeah what you would call deep shit. Um, but, but it's it's yeah. For it's me, a it's learning curve. Of, it's a learning curve. It's yeah. it's completely it's normal. Part, it's part of it's it's what I call it's part of the 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 game of life as a human being so my third book so my first book was let's connect about networking this offline networking networking at at, at um, conferences and stuff like that my second book how to really use linkedin then when i sold the company then i said okay i'm not going to do anything for a year in sabbatical but then after three months the third book said <laughs> uh, sit down and write me so what's it's called life is a game it's uh, really about personal and spiritual development and also part of my own process um and it's what what i've um what i was doing myself and my team in the background when the company networking coach where we had a team that we I only worked with people who had uh, uh, interest in, in, in personal development. Um, and I didn't work with employees, but only with people who were self-employed. Um, it was a yeah, specific structure. <laughs> um, but for me, it was the way that worked for me and still works uh, now. Um, and then for me, it was like, hey, how can I... How can I... Um, with my the knowledge that I have and experience that I have, how can I help the business world again? Because life is a game is more as a personal on a personal level, and maybe it's for some people too spiritual. Um, then I thought, okay, how can I help help people who are uh, let's say in, in their, their business life, or, or um, how can I help them make the transition in, in, in that part? So I. Um, I looked for techniques that are very grounded, very down to earth, nothing soft or, or, or in the clouds or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it, it's still spiritual, but it, it, for me, spiritual is it's also very down to earth, very day to day. It's not something in, when you meditate or when you're in church or whatever. It's what we do every moment of the day. Um, but I, for me, in the compassionate leader in this book, um, um, I translated that in what you can do on a day-to-day basis and in your in your business life when you are working with a team or with customers or suppliers. Um, what can you do there? So, uh, so Jan, we spoke about so much topics. I wanted to cover as much as I could as you are a very interesting person and a great expert on many fields and you have very good basis and you are on the right path for for making even bigger things on a global scale with your holistic approach and specific structure uh, so I want to wrap up on some way but you need to help me <laughs> so please help me yeah one of the things you have one liner or something <laughs> so, yeah one thing um, I didn't mention why I um, also wrote a book for entrepreneurs and, and I talked about the vibes and when I, why I want to help them 
transition from the positive to the inspiring vibe is that um, not many people realize that their own vibe, their own vibe level, is the ceiling for the vibe level of the people that are working with them. Uh-huh. So it means if my vibe level is neutral, I can only, only people who are in a negative or a neutral vibe level will work with me, both in, as a team, as suppliers, as customers, as business partners. And that's not what you want. <laughs> as an entrepreneur, you want to work with the best ones. So you need to raise your vibe first, the inspiring vibe, so you can attract also all those people in that inspiring vibe as well. Could we have a better end of this discussion? I don't think so. Can you please tell us, is there a website or how can we contact you? Yeah, so the, the, the website is called uh, thecompassionateleader.org. So the, the name of the book is also The Compassionate Leader um, and uh, the website, thecompassionateleader.org. And people can also find there uh, some free resources. Um, there's a free uh, ebook. There's a free community for people who uh, feel, um, feel, let's say, inspired by this or they feel connected with what with, with I'm telling today. Um, there's also a free video of the compassion technique. So um, there are lots of free stuff, free articles, of course, I would say, um, that people can find on the website. So we, we, we can learn a lot. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Jan, for being in 21st Century Entrepreneurship. (laughs) You're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our guest stories this week. 21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik.